0: welcome to the saints of san francisco podcast where we dive into work faith and fulfillment this is a podcast for the modern christian professional i'm your host isaac hall hey saints happy saturday we welcome back to the saints of san francisco podcast for the modern christian professional so you know, I know we're in the uh, New Year, New Resolutions series, but uh, this guest is a little special, as well as we're, we're kind of making up for lost time. So we're adding her in as a celebrity guest um, that's outside the scope of the series. Um, but, Paula, man, um, what can I say? I think, Paula, correct me if I'm wrong, but we met back in, like, 2018, um... Did you start going out to Soda or was it through the breather once we started the new church plant?
1: Yeah, we met when 99 was not yet 99. We were the no-name church. We were out of the breeder. So I think it was beginning of 2019 was when we met.
0: God, 2019. Oh my gosh. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Man, that seems like so long ago, just like experiencing 2020 and COVID and you just like Honestly, like five years past, but pretty much I met Paulette, and we—I remember we went to go have brunch, and Christine uh, was was uh, driving us, and you're in the back seat of the car, and we were just getting to know a little bit about you, and um, I think the questions that you're asking, and um, how much energy that flowed from you, and how inquisitive you were—I was, you know, thoroughly impressed and excited to have you. Ah, uh, come to our church. So, you know, I'm a little bit shaky as, as the podcast host, um, just having you on. But I'm super excited. Um, did you want to do a short intro for yourself before we begin?
1: Sure. That was way too kind of an introduction. I don't know about special or celebrity, but I am super excited to be here. I've started following along on your series too, and I think it's just so great so great the way you're just highlighting different folks in San Francisco. Um, so I feel very, very honored to be here. Um, like you said, my name is Paulette. Uh, I was born and raised in Seattle, and I'm really proud of being an OG Seattleite, especially because I feel like everyone's saying Seattle's going to be the next San Francisco.
0: Let's so go. So if you need any
1: Rex, I'm here for you. Um, I am very proud of being the oldest sister of two of the greatest younger sisters anyone could ever have, Stephanie and oh. Sarah. I'm also the favorite daughter of our mom, though my sisters <laughs> would probably say otherwise. <laughs> Um let's see. I moved out to C- uh, San Francisco I want to say it was a little over 3 years ago, quite honestly because I just felt a really strong need to step out of my comfort zone.
0: Yeah.
1: And since moving here, I've been working as a university recruiter at a couple of really great tech companies and have just really loved helping young tech students get started on their career journey. Yeah. Uh, but outside of work, when I'm not working, you can probably find me geeking out over BTS, musical, <laughs> fashion, art. So really into, I feel like things that I don't do in my day-to-day job or things that I really am drawn to in my like outside of work life
0: (laughs) awesome great I'm so excited to start off this session with this new icebreaker game I have never done this before on this podcast but I felt like it went really well I should say um so so uh I didn't finish that sentence well with this dynamic and and with you know both of our personalities, I, I thought this would be good. So, it, pretty much, I'm just gonna you, you know ask these questions rapid fire, and you just have to pick within like two three seconds. Uh, how does that sound to you?
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: Okay, awesome. You ready? Got it. Let's go. <laughs> okay, three, two, one. Black or white? Black. Breakfast or dinner? Dinner. Interesting. Cocktail or shots? Cocktail. Ooh, tech or finance?
1: Tech. (laughs) Begrudgingly tech.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Abraham or Moses?
1: Ooh, okay, Abraham. Ooh,
0: cute or hot? Both. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee or tea?
1: Ooh, coffee?
0: Ooh, burgers or tacos?
1: Oh, both. Can I say both? I'm gonna say both.
0: Got it. But if you had to edge out one, if you had to choose,
1: probably burgers.
0: (laughs) Nice. J Park, J Park or BTS?
1: Oh my gosh, not even a question, Isaac. BTS. (laughs) Come on.
0: Maybe that was a personal question for myself because I'm a huge J Park. Fan. shout out to Seattle shout out I to, to I need
1: to educate you
0: <laughs> I need some re-education honestly about the Hollywood wave and, and K-pop. <laughs> dog or cat
1: neither human babies all the way
0: <laughs> boba or pastries uh, boba nice beach or mountain
1: mm, beach
0: nice club or bookstore
1: oh shoot be uh, honest uh I'm in a bookstore, like, state of life now.
0: Oh, interesting. So, actually, I recorded every answer that you said, and I'll, I'll relay it back to Joe, and we'll see. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I picked out some pretty good questions that, like, reveal people's personalities to a certain extent, so.
1: I was I was really trying to stick to the one word, like, I'm trying to follow the rules here, but there are a few where I was, like, I just wanted to be, like, neither next I'm going
0: to be a good guest here so <laughs> awesome thank you for for your support and your grace and your mercy I, I maybe I could have done a little bit better with uh, some of these choices but <laughs> moving forward we you know this is a Saints of San Francisco podcast and obviously we've had guests outside of the Bay Area um, but the question that I ask a lot of my guests is or are, are It includes, you know, how did you end up in SF? So you said you're originally from Seattle. You moved to SF, obviously for your job. Um, But could you uh, digress a little bit more on that?
1: Yeah. Um, So like I'd mentioned before, I had lived in Seattle my whole life, went to college there, Um, Everything I knew was in Seattle. And as much as I really did love my life there, um, I just felt like there was so much that I wanted to accomplish. I would say I'm a pretty ambitious individual. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I knew if I stayed in Seattle, I wouldn't have that motivation to step out of my comfort zone in order to have those kinds of experiences I was looking for. Sure. Um, so that's really ultimately why I ended up in San Francisco. And it, it wasn't like I was like dreaming of living out here. If anything, San Francisco is probably a city like I thought I would never live in. Like there are a lot of other cities I can imagine myself and that I would love to be living in. Um, but... I think also I was really interested in just like tech. And if you want to be in tech, like this is a place to be. Um, and I, I really wanted to break into that industry. And so mm-hmm. started looking at jobs. It happened all, it happened so quickly. So it wasn't more even just like, oh, I want to be in SF. But I was like, I think yeah. I'm intrigued by, I think, the industry that just exists in San Francisco. Right. Um, and so I started working at Airbnb when I first moved out here. So, yeah.
0: Amazing company, and, and truly, I mean, the Valley, as it's known as, uh, is is a cent, central tech hub, I would say, and you, you definitely want to start off your tech career in San Francisco. So I know, is it called a Seattleite? Is that what you guys call yeah. Sorry, sorry. Seattleite. I don't mean to be cringy, but is, is that the term?
1: Yeah. Seattleite is definitely how I would refer to those that are originally from Seattle, yeah.
0: Got it, got it. And I know that you'll have a lot of Seattle pride and I've been there three times and I'm pretty basic. All I know is like Pikes Place, Cap Hill,
1: mm-hmm. J
0: Park. And <laughs> that's pretty much that's where that's where it ends. And uh, Emerald City, it rained a lot. And I got made fun of because I had an umbrella and they were like, oh, like, yeah, where are you from out of town? And I was like, no, no. Like, why can't I be from here? Why do you just automatically assume? And they're like, y'all are all carrying umbrellas. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Fair point. So I'm wondering, what are some pros and cons, like top three maybe, uh, about uh, San Francisco and Seattle and how do they compare?
1: Oh gosh, pros and cons... Okay. So I'm pretty bad at, like, I, I get asked this question a lot and I'm really bad at it because I feel like my pros and cons list are so like specific and personal to my experience with both cities. That's um, what we hear. That's okay,
0: what want to hear. Okay,
1: cool. I'll try to generalize it a little bit. Sure. Um, I think pros for me and my personal experience in Seattle, A, cost of living is just so much cheaper than San Francisco. Uh, B, you get actual four seasons. So you, like, it's just <laughs> not all one temperate, like like weather every all every day all year yeah um uh, and I think the food scene is is pretty good in Seattle like I do feel like some of my favorite restaurants are in the Seattle area uh but cons I think a big one is it just it feels very small to me I don't think it's like at the level of I think just like diversity and like just opportunity that that exists in San Francisco right now Mm -hmm. Um, I think cons also like it does rain quite a bit and it is there's a lot of dark cloudy forecast days Um, yeah so that would say like pros cons for Seattle and again that might be my own experience but it can just feel a little sleepy there at times mm. I think pros of San Francisco um, I really do think it comes down to the people that you'll meet here quite honestly like beyond tech beyond this being such a like Techie Hub, yeah. uh, you will meet people from all like all walks of life here in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like San Francisco is one of those few places in the U.S. where you can become best friends with someone that you don't even have. You have no business of even knowing. They come from <laughs> a completely really different background from you. Like, you guys have nothing in common. Um, but people here are just so open and progressive, and there's no sense of, like, what's right versus not right like like literally I have friends here just like I don't even know how we're friends but we just are and I think it's because of the environment that San Francisco has mm. so I think that's a huge part of SF um cons it's really expensive to live here um I do I do feel guilty because I am one of the tech transplants that like changes I think like what san francisco used to be so depending on like how you feel about like keeping sf like what it used to be versus what it's Mm -hmm. turning into like that could be seen as a con um but yeah i i really love both cities for very very different reasons um seattle's home it'll always be like home base for me
0: yeah
1: um but san francisco is like where i've really grown a lot
0: got it and in top two cities that you'd want to move to other than seattle and sf
1: um in the u.s new york still on my bucket list. I'm really hoping it happens someday. So we'll see. Um, And I would love to live abroad someday. I don't know. It probably won't happen, but I think it'd be really cool to live maybe in London or even Paris or something like that.
0: Yeah. I feel like the trend right now is getting, you know, quote unquote, a hacker house because everyone's working remotely and that's still kosher. So you have people like going out to like Bora Bora or like, you know, like Japan or Korea or like, you know, Europe to kind of you know spend their year there and and do like a terrace house kind of setup.
1: Oh um, yeah for sure.
0: Yeah so maybe maybe it's calling out for you. But I know you just came back to San Francisco from yeah. Seattle. It's been like a month, right? Since yeah. your long break. So yeah. Yeah. Well glad to have you back. Um so you know a lot of great things about Seattle and I remember when Kevin uh, went on a trip with you and went up north. um, And he was talking about how ingrained it seemed like you were with the community and how everyone there loved you. And, And it was just this vibrant environment that was created because you were so close with the community and vice versa. So could you tell me a little bit about your formative years in Seattle regarding, you know, family, family, you know, social life, friends, church, community, life, et cetera?
1: Yeah, um, so my formative years in Seattle. So I was born and raised in the church. Like I feel like I kind of have the typical Korean Christian story for the first like 20 issues of my life, so yeah, okay. kind of boring. Yeah. Um, but like I had the most loving family, like anyone that'll listen to me, I will 100% just brag about my upbringing cause I just can't imagine having had a better childhood than the one that I had. <laughs> Um, And it's a a very big defining part of my life is like my family, my upbringing, just like the rich experiences that just like came from being a king. Um, So that was a really big part of my life. Went to church uh, and I was very, very heavily involved in church growing up. I think that's probably the thing that stands out the most. Uh, My mom was like, choir director and she was like like one of those what is it called I don't know what it is in English but she's that name like an elder or whatever it is yeah yeah um, same with my dad so they were just like one of those like Korean Christian families that just <laughs> was like very involved like everyone knew who we were we had a really good reputation um at one point like I feel like this like kind of helps people understand what my life was like at one point I think it was in my like late high school early college years Um, I was serving on, I think, like, two or three different place teams at my church. I was, like, a Sunday Sunday school teacher, like, a Bible study leader, a small group leader. Like, literally, I spent, like, five out of seven days of the week at church just doing something related to to serving. Um, So, I think it was a really, really big part of my life. I think that I have the ethic and the love for church that I have because of all that time spent. Mm. Um, but I did definitely experience burnout, especially when you serve so much at such a young age. Sure. I actually went from like serving to that capacity to like actually leaving that church, going to a brand new church in Seattle where I like did not serve for, I think it was like the first year or two that I was at mm-hmm. my new church um, and definitely just that burnout was so real. Like I, I drew into question, like what it, for me, what it even meant to be Christian. Like I was so mm. focused on the works that wow. I was like, do I even have a relationship with God? Like beyond wow. like doing things for him and like bringing people to church. Like when it comes to like that, like private space and that intimate part of my relationship with God, like I was just so lacking. Cause I was just focused on the works. I'm very much a Martha by nature. Like (laughs) I need more Mary in my life, quite honestly.
0: Awesome. I love that analogy. And and, um, I'm thinking about the story. Uh, There's this guy named Ed who used to do production for his Korean church. I think up in Seattle as well, or someplace in Washington. I think it's Tacoma. No, it's not Tacoma. There's
1: a a city in Tacoma. It's me like to, yeah, it's a cool place, I guess.
0: (laughs) yeah and i I remember um he was talking ed uh so david so has a podcast called genius brain and he has like friends on but pretty Mm -hmm. much that's what ed was going through as well of like serving and serving and serving it's like how much do i have to give and is this all i'm worth am i only worthy of god's love if i serve and eventually that like turned him away um from from god and from church Mm -hmm. so i don't even know if he's christian still or Mm. not but i I liked how you're self-aware enough to realize like i need to step away for a second especially from the church that i'm serving at not because like i don't want to serve anymore but it's like that's all i've been doing and i have this like martha mentality so i need to step away from it um and then get back into the game for Um, sure yeah but that's awesome but i think you you planted a lot of seeds and, and sprouted a lot of um fruit i guess to say um and just hearing from like i I go back to kevin libertino's experience going to seattle and you know seeing uh you know a small window of like what your personal life is like and Mm -hmm. the way that he kind of like was telling the story i felt you know like oh my gosh like this is like an amazing community and you you've done so much for your community and Like, obviously, now I know why is because like your family, your background, how much you've poured into uh, your church. Um, So that's amazing to hear. So, yeah, I said, yeah, sorry, continue.
1: No, no. Yeah, I actually it's funny because so all the people that Kevin met when he was visiting Seattle, those those are all the people that I am still very close to this day. And those are actually all the people that I met when I left the church I grew up in and then moved to that new church when I was, I'm going to say I was probably like 18 or 19 years old, maybe a little bit older. Honestly, I can't remember timeline exactly, but I think it was, I think the reason why I have such a deep, deep connection with those folks is because it was at a time in my life where I was so burnt out and just like, didn't even know what it meant to be in genuine community because I I was just on autopilot. I feel like just serving, like I thought I had to like show up to church, like the good, perfect Christian girl. Like I can't show people my faults. I can't show people like my sins. like I'm a leader, so I need to show up perfect. And it wasn't until I got to my new church where I like experienced like insane transparency. Like people were sharing about the deepest darkest parts of their life. And I was like, what? is this and so I think that was where I actually got called out so much like people thought I was really fake because I thought I, I kept thinking I had to show up to church perfect because I was like mm. if I show people my faults they're not gonna like me and so I actually wow. kind of had a bad reputation where like people thought like I thought I was better than them when in reality I was just so insecure about not being accepted by my new church community and so that time of my life I really learned what it meant to, like, break down those walls, like, be truly transparent, Um, not for the sake of, like, oh, I need people to like me, or, oh, I I don't want these people to think I'm fake, but it really was, like, these people genuinely wanted to, like, walk with me in life, and these people, like, saw that I was out and saw that, like, I needed a community that I could lean on, and so I think it was just, like, such a formative time in my life where I really learned what it meant to be in true community with other brothers and sisters. Wow. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like yeah, I just had to like process that for a second of like this whole Korean Christian church culture of of bringing your best and if not you usually get shamed and there's a lot oh, of gossip to be 100%. Honest. And yeah. Then you you hold up this this like facade which is kind of like it's equivalent to like a shanty or like a shack and then you just like board up, you know, the walls and and create this like false image of yourself which could be true like you, you could be thriving and doing really well and being excellent in what you do uh, outside of church and inside of church but you know we're all human beings we're all imperfect and although we're made in god's image i feel like you know we're still sinners at the end of the day we still have temptations we still won't hit the mark sometimes or a lot of times in the case for me in our lives and i you know i think it comes as a blessing if you can find a ministry in a community where you can fellowship and do Mm -hmm. all the churchy things, but also talk about real things. And I think, yeah, yeah. So I guess this, this is a good segue into the next question. Um, And I feel like I'll tailor this a little bit different. Um, So everyone at 99 and probably your friends up in Seattle, like know you're an energetic, bubbly, witty, and positive individual. And I have to like preface that by saying that like, it's one thing to be like fake bubbly and mm-hmm. fake witty and fake positive, but it's another thing to be a well rounded person who knows, like, who's experienced what's on the other end of that spectrum, which is like right. loss, right. right? Grieving, disappointments, failures, and still um, trying to be the best version of yourself and trying to be a glass half full type of person with everything that you've experienced that wasn't that if that makes sense right um so well one are you where does this vibe come from first of all and is it like are you just being extra or do you just come Mm -hmm. from a place of like gratefulness and Mm -hmm. uh so so i'm just like asking this question for new friends and old friends and family alike you know like is there anything more to you that you wanted to talk about in this podcast and to let them know?
1: Oh my gosh. This is such a great question. Cause I think to your point, I, like, I people will make their own like assumptions based on what they perceive on you about why someone can be energetic or bubbly or super positive. Yeah, sure. um, and I, even for me, it's a journey. I, I would say by nature, I do think I am a very extroverted and very extra person. Like I've owned it my I'm very extra. <laughs> like I used to hate it when people called me extra, but my sister, my youngest sister, actually was one. She's like, Ani, you're extra. Just own up to it. That's who you mm-hmm. are. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. And so then I kind of went through this thing. I was like, why am I so extra? Um, and I think before, like, I like to think it's like Paulette pre-true Jesus en- encounter. Like, I think mm-hmm. I was super bubbly and positive and energetic because that that Korean Christian side of me was like, okay, I need to show up and like be who I think I'm supposed to be at church. Right. Like I need to be a leader. I need to be there for others. Um, And then after I kind of went through that burnout and then went into my new church, I actually think my positivity and my extra-ness comes from a place of sincere gratitude. Like I not even in Seattle, even in San Francisco in 99, I feel like there was a point in time where I was texting our pastors, Mickey and Krista, every other week, like pages long texts, just because I was so grateful that I had found such an incredible community here in San Francisco. Um, And it's the same with my friends in Seattle. Like I just everything that I've been through quite a few like traumatic things in the past few years and having experienced all that and still having such amazing people in my life like I was like how could I not be grateful like how could I not be extra with my love um and so I feel like that's how one of my best friends describes me like I'm so extra in how I show love to other people and so I actually think that's something that like I hope my friends know but maybe they don't know and something I hope that like friends family colleagues know like I don't think I'm extra or bubbly or whatever because I want to stand out or stick out I think it's actually a product of like I that's my way of expressing how grateful I am for the Mm. outpour of love that I've experienced in my life and for me me being the super positive glass half full kind of person it's it is a direct product of just everything I've received from others in my life and that's wow. been a huge shift, I think, as an adult in recent years. Like before, I think the ness was like, oh, like I have to be Paulette King. I need to show everyone who I am. And now it really is like, this is, I, I am this person and I am so happy and so full of life because I have received so much and I just want to like give it back.
0: Wow. So, I, wow. Just have to think yeah. about that and process it for a second. I feel like, you know, Koreans want to, create a brand for themselves and you know people don't really like the unknown or don't like complex individuals if that makes sense they want to put a face to a name and label you as something and in that like in turn if you're a people pleaser you're like all right well i want to be known and labeled as this or like a bubbly person a serious person Mm -hmm. a person of excellence and i feel like a lot of people you know have this like shallow brand of themselves Mm -hmm. without knowing why it's usually fueled by what they want other people to think of them as but I think like as you mentioned you experienced these traumatic moments and you experienced these amazing beautiful moments like coming to SF and finding Mickey and Krista and joining 99 and your brand started building up more substance where you kind of knew the core of where it was coming from and a lot of it was coming from gratitude and just your way of personally expressing um that 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 deep felt level of gratitude with everything that you experience from the highs to the lows correct me if I'm wrong did I just
1: no that's that's exactly it I have I think I've seen how temporal life can be and I think Mm -hmm. in my mind it's like if I need to make sure the people in my life know how much I love them and if that means being super extra and being that out there person, like fine, I don't care. I only have one life to live. And I need to make sure like everyone in my life knows that like I wouldn't be where I am without, without them. And so I think as a result, I am this very, I think like out there person because in my mind, that's just how I naturally process things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like individuals, especially in the Christian community is created, you know, a, a lot in due part due to their uh, uh, tribe, you know? So it's like yeah. you you are an individual and you have your own things and dreams and goals that you're striving for and accomplishing, but sure. you're made by and, and shaped by your friends and your family and your community. So um, I think you have a very healthy relationship with that. And, and, and as you mentioned, you've come along so far in your journey and you're this person who loves life, you know, loves your community and you just mm-hmm. want to give back via gratitude and being this, this special person that has a special brand that now has a lot of substance. So in your personal journey, um, friends and family has shaped you, but how has God played a role, uh, in shape, uh, in helping you move forward on your path?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm still figuring this out. And I don't know if it's because like, I, I just like, I feel like God's just always been in my life. Um, mm. But my mom always, it's really funny. My mom always used to say this thing to me specifically, like out of outside of me and my sisters while we were growing up. And she'd always be like, God always makes things just work out for you. And I'd be like, mm. what? And she's like, it's God's favor, which now that it on like every, like God's favor is upon everyone. Um, but I I do think like I can be a little naive, honestly, like I'm a very naive person. I trust way too easily. I let people into my life way too easily, but I think because I am that way and I think there could have been a lot of like really bad moments in my life, um, but God's always protected me. Like I feel like when I think of my relationship with God, like protection is one of the first words that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Like I could have taken a lot of bad turns just because like. I, not that I was being careless, but it was like I don't know. I think I'm very just trusting, and I'm very, like I just really want to see the best in people. And sometimes people aren't the best versions of themselves. So I think I think there could be a lot of times where I could have been really extremely hurt. Um, but God has just like really protected me, and honestly, like gotten me to where I am. Like even my job at Airbnb, and even getting my new job at Stripe. Like I know those things wouldn't have happened without. Um, I think just like God, like protecting me from some other really terrible things that could have happened. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if the answer the question exactly, but, um,
0: Yeah, no, no, that's yeah, great. Yeah. That's awesome. And you know, about bad turns and like friendships and stuff, I feel like I'm the same way where I am uh, maybe not so much naive because I'm team Slytherin. So I'm very like, cynical <laughs> at all times, but you know, when we were all younger, you know, we, we were so open with ourselves, I and mean, you have this childlike faith in believing yeah. people, and 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 that's how, kind of how I am, and I kind of refer to myself as a golden retriever because I love people, I love opening mm. up to people, and you know, creating this ecosystem where we can trust and love and care for one another, and that's always been my thing. And people, some of my friends get annoyed because I I love meeting new people outside yeah. of our circle, yeah. and that's like uncomfortable for some people, and I totally get it, um, but. Yeah there's been times where I, I could have gotten into a lot of trouble emotionally financially yep. mentally uh, 100% due to that yeah and you know I saw your squad when you when you came and you know we kind of got out of the breather and I remember we went to like this like warehouse looking location that was like yeah. people had problems getting into that breather yep. and figuring it out and then you brought your entourage of like you know like you know a bunch of ABG looking <laughs> girls which is like I'm not trying to degrade your friends, but they did look like ABGs. And then you kind of like dolled yourself up like an ABG yourself. And it was just like a gang of ABGs. And it perked the interests of a, of a few folks at, at our church just because there was a lot of, you know, charisma coming from from that squad. So and that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure they, they have great personalities and they're great people and they're not the people that you're talking about. But that's like the first thing that came into my mind of like, you know, that like crazy no, people that you had yeah
1: those those i know exactly what trip you're talking about those three girls are like my closest friends and it's so funny because i remember i was like they're we're all gonna stick out like sore thrums because ab just just don't really exist in san francisco True. and quite honestly none of them really are like i also feel like they're all reformed. like one is like married <sighs> Like, currently, like, she's married, pregnant, and is, like, a pastor's wife. Like, the farthest wow. thing from an ABG, yeah. One is, like, an a elementary school teacher. Like, it's just so funny because I feel like there probably was a point in time where they were ABGs. And now they're not. But it's so funny because, you know, they just like eyelashes, you know? They like they like the long eyelashes. They like looking cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Jeez, I like how you mentioned reform, like, re- reform ABG.
1: It's a thing. Have you heard that term? Um, it's like a reformed ABG. Now it stands for like Asian Asian Bible Bible girl. Girl. Yeah. A hundred (laughs) percent. A lot of my friends. Yeah.
0: Got it. Got it. Oh man. And, and, and kind of going back to the last question as well. And then the, the, the previous question before that, I feel like, you know, you've built these relationships with people and you kind of like, um, put yourself out there, you know, you, you wore your heart on your sleeve, you trusted people. And mm-hmm. obviously with that vulnerability comes a lot of, um, I guess, potential, like you said, for, right. for like trauma or for like getting hurt. Um, and, but I, I think that's truly where your strengths come from, Paulette, which is, you know, believing in people and even if you get hurt or you feel like you made the wrong decision, you mm-hmm. get stronger and you move forward knowing that like, it's not all going to be rainbows and daisies, and I think yeah. you know that's what I kind of meant by like substance with like how energetic and bubbly you are too. You're not just this like energetic and bubbly and positive like you know ABG Asian Bible girl or anything <laughs> like that. But it's like you, I think you truly understand that people can be really shitty, um, yeah. that life can be really shitty, and sure. excuse my French. Um, but but yet yeah, you're you're still willing to put yourself out there and have this you know, supernatural level of gratitude, knowing that like without the bad, you can't have, have the good. For sure. Um, so yeah, I, I think you've experienced a lot. And to me, when I see very goofy people or when I see very like optimistic and friendly people who are kind of like golden retrievers and people are right. like, dude, you're so sloppy or like you're so like trusting or like naive mm-hmm. or like where does all this come from? It usually comes from a place of hurt and pain. You know, like like the most broken people and the people who've experienced a lot of trauma and setback are grateful for what they have in the times of good. And that's why they're able to have this outpouring um, Mm -hmm. of love and and care and passion for people. And uh, I think that's where I come from, too, of like, you know, there's been a lot of painful experiences in my past. So it's just like Mm -hmm. with the good times that you have, you might as well capitalize it and kind of like be... A good person for for others because you don't know what other people are going through so so with that said how do you personally handle um hardships and setbacks
1: yeah um it's this question if you had asked me this even five years ago i i would have to be like next question because i i genuinely been like i i've never experienced hardship or setback to the point where it like change or like it was so hard on me that I couldn't like live. Um, But it's funny because I'm honestly still figuring out how I handle hardships and setbacks. Um, I had a pretty carefree and hardship-free – sorry, excuse me. I had a really like carefree and hardship-free childhood. So again, like I just would not have known how to answer this question even like five years ago. Like through my adolescence, like I just like didn't have anything super bad happen to me. Um, which is why I think my bubbliness and positivity to your point, like when I was younger, it probably was a little bit more shallow. Like I just felt like I had to act that way versus now I think it does come from a place of experiencing like real loss and trauma. Um, But I'm still figuring out how to handle, I think, hardships and setbacks. But I think what it comes down to is like you just have to bring for me at least you have to bring people along like it's so hard to do things on your own mm. and the more and more you try to do things on your own honestly the harder it gets like that's yeah. what I've experienced um I so kind of I feel like I've alluded to this like I'm very family oriented my family is the biggest part of my life like really all about my mom my sisters um so about I want to say it was like about three years ago a little over three years ago now my parents actually got a divorce and. When I say it wrecked me, like like we're talking about like Titanic levels, like the ship sinking. Um, it, it completely turned my life upside down. I think I'd mentioned this, like we were like the ideal C- Korean Christian family. Like I have friends who would tell me growing up how like they'd be like, if I can find a marriage that looks like your parents, like I'll know I've made it. And I had that same pride. Like anyone that would listen to me, I would tell them, I was like, I just need to find someone like my dad and I know that I'll be okay. And then as an adult, my parents get a divorce, and it just like really, I think, even like brought into question, like, okay, what does this mean? What does it mean to have a marriage? Was this whole thing a sham from the very beginning? Um, and it really did turn my world upside down. And so, I think it's when I think about what it means to experience hardship, like I think a lot of people have their worst nightmare, right? For some people, it's losing a job. For others, it's never getting married. Whatever it is, like my worst nightmare was my parents or my family like dissolving in some way and then it happened and it's something that I just never thought would happen to me. Um, so when it happened, I actually had a really hard time dealing with it. Like, I didn't know how to talk about it with the people. I didn't know how to process it because this was probably the first real like, loss that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that happened, I want to say, at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. And s- since then to now, I feel like I've just experienced so much more trauma and loss. So mm-hmm. I went from experiencing the dissolution of my parent's marriage, which Truly, it just affected me so much. Like I, so much of my identity was being a king. Like when I say that being a king meant everything to me and my family, like I was, I had so much pride. Like, I won't even lie. Like I had so much pride in being a part of this family. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when it just like, when all that happened, it really like, my identity was brought into question. Like I didn't even know who I was anymore. I realized that like my foundation was built on being... In this family so then it's like Mm. when this family isn't what it used to look like like what does that mean about me like who am I so that happened end of 2017 beginning of 2018 and then from then until now like just so much more has happened so I feel like all the trauma people might experience through like 18 to 25 years of their life happened to me in the last three years of my (laughs) life so that happened and that also happened right after I moved to San Francisco so not only was I experiencing, like, I think loss of, like, what my childhood family looked like. I also was learning about being in a brand new city where I really didn't know anyone yet, being in a brand new industry, trying to figure out how to live on my own for the first time, being independent, Um, and then in this past year – Like, I lost my job at Airbnb. It was impacted by the layoffs, which I just didn't even see coming. Like, I had just gotten a promotion. I knew Airbnb was struggling, but I felt, like, even if there were going to be layoffs, I would be safe because my manager and I were having good talks about my career trajectory. Then the layoffs happened. Um, Right before that, my grandma passed away. And then on top of that, the pandemic, the social justice movement. Like, I just feel like a lot happened in the last three years of my life that really – showed me that I was like oh wow I've actually never really experienced true hardship before so mm-hmm. I don't have that muscle of knowing how to handle these kinds of setbacks mm-hmm. um so quite honestly like this is maybe I'll have to like come back on another time or something I am honestly still figuring out how to handle hardships and setbacks it's I, I wish I like could have an answer for all the listeners so I could give you guys like the magic like answer for what to do when you experience these terrible things but I'm still figuring it out. Like, Isaac, if you have the answer, let me know. But I think instead of of trying to give you, like, a bun up answer, like, I think the thing I want to be transparent about is, like – in the last three years, I experienced a loss, a, a lot, like a lot of loss, losing my job, losing my dad, like l- my dad not being in my family anymore, my grandma passing away, pandemic, on top of that, being in a new relationship with this guy, like it's just so <laughs> much change. Yeah. Um, and I think the one thing I would love for people to know is like, it's like really okay to not know what to do, mm-hmm. honestly. But, like It's okay to just be so confused and so angry. Like I have a hundred percent cussed out God. I will say it. Um, But the one thing that I think has like kept me going is again, like that community piece. I feel like such a broken record, but it really is Mm -hmm. in all these times of such terrible, terrible moments where I felt so much anguish. um, I still knew God was real and I still knew he was in my life because of the people in my life. Like yeah. I did not read the Bible or pray once in like the first two years of experiencing my parents' divorce. Like I was mm. so distant from God. I wasn't even going to church really. Um, and no one really knew I wasn't going to church because I was out here in San Francisco. So nobody was expecting me to show up anywhere. Mm. Um, so I kind of was just like doing my own thing. But even in my most like faithless time in my life. And even a time where I like literally was questioning God. And if he even was like real in my life, uh, he kept bringing people into my life that just continued to just like pour out onto me. Like, and it wasn't like they were like shoving Christianity down my throat. It wasn't like, you need to pray. You need to read the word. Like you need to go to church. It, it was just, it was small things. Just like, even when I'm not in Seattle, like my best friends would go over to my mom's house, just to have dinner with her because they know she was going through a life change, things like that. It's like, I'm not even there in Seattle and my friends are going over to my mom's house just to check in on her. Like, it's wow. like, I I don't know a lot of people who would honestly do that. Like, it's just wow. such a selfless act. But I think it was like through those moments where I realized like, I thought I wasn't experiencing God's love, but now that I'm a few years removed from like some of those incidents, I realized that like God's love was so present in my life. It was just maybe not like, God speaking directly to me, but He was a hundred percent like speaking through His people. So I would just encourage, like, if you're going through a hard time, just like open up to the people that are in your life. Again, don't open up to just anyone. Like, please discern, like, have wisdom. But if you know there are those people in your life that you can trust and you know are like your ride or dies, I don't regret at all sharing about the things that was happening in my life because I honestly don't think I would have made it through. My family wouldn't have made it through them without my community.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing and and having the courage to kind of open up. And I'm sure it's, it's hard to bring back past moments, even if, if there was light at the end of the tunnel and you've come a long way and you've kind of um, triumphed in your own regard. Um, Thank you so much for uh, opening up and allowing our listeners to kind of like go on this journey with you and hopefully uh, saints uh, for those of you out there who's, you know, experiencing heartache, whose family, you know, the, the concept of the nuclear family has dissolved or if you've you 100%. know, lost your job um, and, and are looking for a new one or you just lack a sense of identity or um, the pandemic and all the social injustices that's been going on um, the past couple of seasons have been affecting you in such a way where like you didn't know hardship before and then suddenly just all wham, bam, hit you at once. Mm -hmm. That, you know, one big factor in understanding God's love and kind of helping yourself personally as well is to invest in your community and then just allow your community to invest back in you. And I think that's a very tough thing for Asian Americans, especially Korean Americans. They don't want to let anyone in due to, insecurities or mm-hmm. shame or guilt or ego or pride or whatever it is. But I mean, you've heard it here, folks. It's, it's been, you know, something that's helped Paulette, you know, come a long way um, in her, you know, valley that she was experiencing. So please, please, please reach out to your friends and family and obviously have discernment, have some prudence, but you definitely have at least one or two folks out there Um that are really looking out for you and that are in your corner that you need to draw from. And and in the future you can, you know, buy them lunch or something and and, and, (laughs) then give back to them in, in your own way. But, um, well, thank you so much for sharing Paulette. And I think we could close out the podcast on this note. Hmm. Uh, um, So, so do you have anything um, else to say or comments to leave for, our listeners or anything you want to plug in terms of endeavors?
1: Yeah. Um, working honestly through like, I have a few things that I'm ruminating on and hoping to share. Hopefully maybe not this year, maybe in like two years, I'm, I'm very risk averse. So I like feel like I always need to have my plan completely figured out before I share what I'm working <laughs> yeah. on. Um, but I will, what I will say, and I think this is just aligned with everything we talked about here is I am all for just people supporting other people. Like, the older I get, like what I'm realizing is everyone is, has gone through something and everyone is just like, just sometimes just needs a hand. And so, um, if you're just like interested in whatever it is, tech, recruiting, just like getting connected, like, please add me on LinkedIn, Paulette King. Um, I am a recruiter by nature, but by, by trade. Um, and I just love like helping other people. And even if it's something that we can just connect on, if you're, Curious about something related to the tech industry, or maybe you are experiencing like loss yourself, or going through something. Um, this year has been a crazy one, and so I sincerely mean it. Like, please add me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to hop on and have like a virtual coffee chat and just talk through things. Um, I've gone through a lot, and so I really do feel like God's called me to instead of walking from a place of shame and trying to hide all the bad things that I've had in my life. Like, it's like, who knows? Like, maybe my testimony will be. A source of just like inspiration or a story of resilience for someone else. So please, please connect with me. Happy to chat.
0: Awesome. There you have it folks. Don't lose out on this opportunity. Paula Kane, correct. On LinkedIn. And then and is it okay if I link that in, in the, uh, in the, in the uh, Instagram post?
1: Yeah, go for it. I feel free to post on my post, my LinkedIn, my Instagram, whatever, whatever works. I'm a very awesome. social, social savvy person. I like to think.
0: <laughs> Awesome. Well, Paulette has a wealth of knowledge and is a very good interpersonal guardian angel. It <laughs> can be for you. So if you want Paulette to pour into you, uh, Saints, please reach out to her on LinkedIn at Paulette King. And we'll have that in the Instagram post as well on at uh, Saints of SF. So Saints, we're going to tune out. I just wanted to say thank you so much, Paulette, for coming on and this hopefully isn't the last time maybe like you know 10 20 episodes down the line we can discuss uh again some of the questions we didn't get to go through as well as that specific question of how do you handle hardships and setbacks and Mm. you know since we've kind of built a little bit of rapport maybe the next time you come on we can get a little bit more granular and gritty and informal and talk about a lot of different things um Uh, as opposed to the questions that were asked in today's session. So thank you so much for your time and saints we'll catch you next week.
1: Thanks Isaac. Thank you all.
0: Hey saints. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be releasing episodes on the first three Saturdays of every month. See you soon.